FM 98.5. Set your buttons on your car, one for the AM and one for the FM. And you can hear all the programs on WPTF, news and weather and traffic, and the Tom Kearney Show every night, Monday through Friday from 9 until 10, a little bit of live and in real-time radio. And tonight we're going to talk to our computer guys, Tim and Steve from ByteWise. But first, I went and looked out the back uh, the back porch uh, a few minutes ago, and it was still raining. And I thought, well, we really ought to update uh, uh, our, our story about the weather. So John... Sorry, our producer got in touch with the National Weather Service, and I think he said the gentleman who's going to spend a couple of minutes with us is named Nick Lucchetti. Is that right, Nick? Uh, yes, Tom. Did I say it right? Uh, I'm always proud of myself you, when I try a name for the first time. You did do it correct. It is Lucchetti, not not Lucchetti. <laughs> Lucchetti. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, uh, since we were honored to have you with us, and we've already got one Nick from the Weather Service, of course, his his name is Petro, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> but anyway, I, what I wanted to see if I could get from you, is, because uh, this is Thursday and there's going to be Friday tomorrow, we'll be getting into the weekend, but before that Friday comes, we're going to have morning drive time, and uh, there were a couple of uh, flash flood watches in, in, in activity the last time I looked at the, the weather page on the internet, so I, I thought I'd ask you about that, what, what kind of uh, warnings or watches do we have now, and where are we in the rain cycle? Is it almost over, or how much more is to come? Yeah, so um, <clears throat> the bulk of the precipitation um, that has caused some flooding uh, earlier uh, has, has moved mostly to the east of central North Carolina, um, but we still do have a flash flood watch out until 6 a.m. tomorrow, um, so we're, we're still expecting uh, you know, scattered showers and storms um, potentially overnight tonight. Um, but again, the bulk of that heavier precipitation has, has moved eastward. So there's no current warnings out, um, but we do have a flashlight watch, um, you know, valid until 6 a.m. For, for most of Central North Carolina. Um, and uh, overall, uh, in the last 24 hours, um, you know, the triangle area has seen, you know, upwards of one to two inches. Um, but the, uh, the heaviest amounts have been seen um, kind of along the I-95 corridor in the coastal plain, um, where they've seen up, you know, anywhere from three to five inches. Um, so again, we have the watch out until 6 a.m. tomorrow, um, and uh, so there might be some scattered showers and storms tonight. And then tomorrow, uh, there's another chance for, um, you know, showers and storms, um, but it won't be as widespread as it was today. Um, but if your area does happen to be under uh, one of those storms tomorrow, you could have, you know, several inches really quickly. Um, so kind of one of those more hit-or-miss days. So not as widespread as today, but there's still a chance for some um, showers and storms tomorrow. All right, that's and, what I uh, understood. Sometime when you get, is it, the rain is widespread, and but once in a while you get a place where a lot falls in, in a single place, you know, at one time and everything. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It could be definitely hit-or-miss. <laughs> okay. You know, so. Um, yeah, and then uh, you know tonight actually we we, we had some some warnings out earlier, and uh, the we had one confirmed report of a uh, water rescue. Um, uh, two individuals were rescued in Whitakers and the Edgecombe Nash County line. Yeah, um, but that was, that was pretty much the uh, the extent of any, any confirmed uh, um, you know water related rescues or anything like that. So, well, well, fine business on that, as the ham radio operators would say, and I. I appreciate you being willing to come on with us, and 
we now inhabit have it from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, it's better to get the information from you guys when you're available, and we appreciate you being willing to be available, and, and so our listeners will know what they're going to hear during the night and confront perhaps tomorrow morning. But thanks a lot, Nick, for being with us, and I hope our paths cross again sometime. Absolutely, anytime. Thank you. Okay, take care. Have a good night. Take care. Nick Lucchetti with the National Weather Service at the uh, Centennial Campus of NC State University. And uh, when we can, we would like to keep you updated on the weather because that's one of the services that we really uh, like to provide for our listeners. Tom Kearney here again, the Tom Kearney Show. And tonight we're going to talk with our computer guys. And I didn't even, wasn't able even to, I guess John may have told our, our guest tonight that we were going to talk to the weather guy for a couple of minutes. Tim and Steve, are you, are you guys there? We're yeah. absolutely. Okay, that's good. Well, I'm glad you were here, and, and now you know what you're going to confront. I know you have a little drive, Steve, in the morning uh, uh, when you when you come to work, and uh, and actually you drive through some areas where you could have a little flash flood occasionally, I think. Uh, there's a, enough of slopes along the way. But anyway, now we know what the weather's going to be like. Thank you for being on tonight, and you haven't been with us for a while to talk about uh, what's going on in the world of computers, and I gave you both. I don't know that you would actually do it because I have absolutely no power over you, uh, but a homework assignment to come up with uh, one computer news item that we would talk about tonight. But uh, I appreciate your being here. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to ask you to ruminate on, and I don't know that you know a lot about it, but that I would imagine being in the business, you, you would think about it at least and maybe pick up a few things on the grapevine, but these, these instances of hacking, uh, that have taken place where you kind of have the, the ransomware situation going on. Uh, it would be kind of fun to listen to you two talk about that a little bit. Well, a lot of the hacking isn't necessarily, well, excuse me, a lot, a lot of the ransomware incidents aren't necessarily due to hacking, um, but due to people being... Uh, either negligent or lackadaisical um, on their computer use. Um, most of the ransomware happens because somebody will get an email uh, that looks extremely legitimate and they will either try to log on to their service um, or uh, make a phone call to the so-called tech support that you know, advertised in this uh, email that they get. Um, and so, you know, specifically, and Tim brought this up earlier, um, we had a client uh, send us an email, forward us an email um, that was from Norton LifeLock. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, Norton Antivirus and LifeLock teamed up and uh, they, you know, created a joint service called Norton LifeLock that you can pay an, a, a higher level of uh, subscription. You get antivirus, and you also get um, the, the LifeLock uh, services that they offer. Um, but uh, his email basically stated that, uh, thank you for renewing your service. Uh, your card is going to be charged, you know, close to $500, you know. Um, if you have any questions, please call this number for tech support. And you look at the email, 
and it looks extremely legitimate. It's using the um, it's using the the images and and certain links uh, that that seem to go straight to the Norton site. But uh, you know, if you if you take the time and you look, the subscription rate that they said they were charging was about one hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, too high, and the telephone number wasn't correct. Um, and then on top of that, uh, the email actually came from a Gmail account. Uh, so, you know, if you if you pay attention to these little things, you got to do a little research on the side, even if you are a valid subscriber. Um, you know, to make sure you're not calling, you know, somebody posing as tech support for this company um, because it's, that's how they, they get into these systems is because let's say that this client said, oh, well, I'm actually a LifeLock client. I'm going to call and see if I can get a better rate. So he calls that number, then they get his, his username and his password, and then from there they can, you know, reverse engineer how to get into different accounts or, you know, what is his uh, username and password are because, you know, people typically will use the same password for multiple services. Um, so, you know, they use that valid credential to gain access to many of your other services. And then from that, they log into a legitimate service and, and start causing a havoc with your system. So it's, it's a very long and drawn out process kind of like my explanation of it, but, you know, a lot of the ransomware isn't really hacking. It's they convince you to provide them with your credentials, and then they use your credentials to get into your services because a lot of people use the same password in different places. Well, you, you know what's interesting about this to me, and I'm not a professional computer person, and both you and Tim, Steve, know, know how much I know about it, I've, and I've learned a lot of it from you guys. Uh, but one of the first things I learned was don't let your curiosity get the best of you. If you don't know who that person is that just sent you that email, just let it alone. You know, don't, mm -hmm. don't, don't, and, uh, and we get phone calls from people that call themselves Microsoft. They don't call themselves anything else. And I keep telling Mrs. Kearney, who's a, a good person and wants to do the right thing, that just to forget this, because if Microsoft wanted to deal with us, they'd probably deal with us through a computer rather than a phone call. Uh, given what their business is, if you see what I'm right. saying. So, and, uh, uh, and, and the, that's true of so many of these scams that go on is they're, they're conducted on the telephone and almost, there's nothing wrong with using the telephone, but it's usually a giveaway. Uh, and I keep, I keep getting, in fact, I was going to ask you guys about this tonight. I get, get, uh, uh, uh phone calls from, from Amazon with whom I do some business. And it says, uh, the, the, the sounds like a mechanical voice says that uh, I have uh, charged, uh, I'm, I'm about to be charged $299 for something in, in Baltimore, Maryland. And uh, I just say to Mrs. Kearney, just hang up because they, they know better than that. They're, that's one of those where they're trying to, to get us to give them information. And, uh, and there's just no point in, exactly. in, in doing that. And, and so far... Uh, not a one of them has ended up on any account that I have with Amazon or indeed with anybody else. It's, it's yeah, just I, I get called about three times a week by uh, 
the Social Security Fraud yep. Department um, stating that my account um, is under investigation for criminal activity or fraudulent activity. And, you know, I'm, they haven't come to arrest me yet. So, uh, well, the, yeah, I heard that they were particularly operating along the coast of North Carolina. Apparently somebody in one of the counties along the coast got into that scam with with that and with the power companies, and they would, would call and say, if you don't send us, you know, a certain amount of money right now, we're going to turn your power off or we're going to have the government on you or whatever. And none of it was, in fact, true, of course. And I, I, I used to have the people from the Consumer Protection Division of the Attorney General's office, on the, and that was one that they mentioned a lot along with the kind of things you, you folks had mentioned that time. Steve, you're doing good on your homework assignment. If you have <laughs> that, you can... You can hold on to it, and we'll actually work Tim into this somewhere. I'm Tom Kearney. That's Steve Arnold over there. Uh, Tim Taylor is the, the Tim we're mentioning. They are with ByteWise, B-Y-T-E-W-Y-Z-E. I hope I spell that right. Uh, it's better for me to do it right at the beginning of the program while I still remember it usually. But that's the name of their, their company. They are IT people, and they usually deal with people who don't have, you know, companies that don't have their own IT a situation, but the best thing for me to do is just to recommend at B-Y-T-E-W-Y-Z their website to you. It will tell you everything that you need to know. We're going to stop now on WPTF, where we're down to about 9.20. Take a break and come back and have some more talk about computers with Tim and Steve. I'm here every night, Monday through Friday. I hope you'll join us when you can. It's in real time ready. We're live. And we brought you a little weather summary at the beginning, and we're talking with uh, Steve Arnold, who's been talking to us about uh, some of the, uh, the, the, it's not really hacking, but it's uh, like malware. It's people trying to uh, work their way into, uh, and he can correct me if I'm wrong here, work their way into your system and with your assistance. Uh, so it's really not hacking. It's not something done behind your back when you're not noticing it. It's asking for your help. And, uh, of course, I... Uh, we'll see if we can connect it up with the, the big uh, ransomware kind of things that have been going on. And I was telling them, Tim and Steve, that I uh, heard on the news about one in Belleville, Illinois, I think, or somewhere where they had taken over the, the town's records. It's one of those things where they take over all the, the, the town's activities, you know, collections for water and sewer and all that stuff, and they've got all the information, and if they don't want to have to try to reproduce it or give up on it. They have to pay a ransom. And so maybe we can talk at some point about, about a little bit about that and about what malware is. Uh, I know my machine is protected against it because my IT person did that. But sometimes I'm not really sure what it is. Tim and Steve, are you, are you there? Yes, sir. Steve, do you, uh, do you have any more that you want to say about what you were saying? Uh, as, as I said, I think you've, you've covered most of it, although... There's plenty of room to talk tonight. That's what this program is for. But it seems it's the same old thing of uh, people calling you and inviting you into their trap, so to speak. You, you sort of have to help them by by uh, uh, clicking on the particular message. And I think yep. somebody told me early on not to do that, and I, I don't do that. I just And I don't worry about it. I don't let them go. Uh, let me say one story I do have to tell you is one time I have a MasterCard, and they called me up and said, Somebody in, in uh, Fort, Worth, Fort Worth is trying to charge a 
$600 item on your card, and we checked it because we, we've never had a charge from you from Texas before. And I said, well, actually, the only time I've ever been to Texas is I was in the Fort Worth airport one time, uh, you know, changing planes from going somewhere else. I, I don't think I actually set foot on any dirt that could be called Texas. And they said, well, that's what we thought. And it's good to know that the credit card people uh, have, have that kind of thing that they look at. And that's when you, when you take a long vac vacation in Europe, you have to tell them, because if you hadn't taken one in a long time, they don't know if it's you or somebody else. But at least they're interested in finding out before they charge a whole lot of stuff up. And so uh, they're, right. trying to they're trying to help us out anyway uh, along the way. But uh, but uh, just hang up on, on those people who call you. I get two or three calls every day from somebody trying to sell me something, and they want my, my information and my numbers, and that apparently the powers to be, the attorneys general and so on, can't do anything about that stuff. Mm -hmm. it's, it's very seldom that you'll ever get, um, you know, a, a pop-up on your computer or a telephone call from somebody that it's a legitimate phone call. Um, and what I suggest to, to my friends and family and, and my clients is if you get notified, um, let's say that uh, you do have an account with, um, you know, Best Buy. Um, if, if you do get an email that says, you know, your account's been compromised or anything, Go to the website, go directly to bestbuy.com and look up their customer service number and give them a call. Um, you know, and don't, don't be easy prey by, you know, answering questions over the phone where somebody called you. Um, and, and don't be prey, easy prey by clicking on a link in an email or, um, you know, calling the telephone number that's listed in an email. Look up that telephone number for yourself. You know, if if uh, you get an email that says um, your Verizon account is past due, call us and pay it up, or we're going to turn off your phone. Um, don't call the number in that email. You know, look at your bill and and call the customer service number on it. Um, you know. Take the extra step to to do a little bit of research before you do actually try to communicate with them. Um, it it makes the world a difference. I know people that have gotten notifications from you know Verizon in in, in, in particular. Um, you know, I hate to stop you, know, you, but we we're we're coming up on another marker here. But hang, hang on, okay. that uh, where you're talking, Steve Arnold from Bitewise, helping us understand with some of the machinations of people who want to cheat you on your computer. We'll be back after this. I'm going to have to look at the calendar. I get confused. June 3rd, that's right. And again, uh, I want to remind you, apropos of our program last night with Dr. Joe Cadell, that uh, Sunday is the 77th anniversary of uh, the invasion of Europe that we call D-Day. And it's, uh, I, I believe we should remember historical uh, anniversaries and, and recognize them and kind of pay tribute in that way, much like we do on on Memorial Day. And I've been watching uh, the longest day 
the movie, uh, and I'm about halfway through it. I, I, I've watched about half of it, and I'm going to watch the other half of it either after we go off the air tonight or sometime tomorrow. But uh, uh, Dr. Cadell says that that's a good way to look at it. Monday, tomorrow tomorrow night will be Friday night trivia, and I think we're going to have a regular potpourri trivia tomorrow night. So we hope you'll join us then. And Dr. Mike Walden, looking at the economy, will be our guest on Monday night. Our guests tonight are Steve Arnold and uh, Tim Taylor. We're with ByteWise, B-Y-T-W-Y-Z-E, and I want you to write that down because a, uh, a, a listener once wanted to, to follow my instructions, and that was to go and look at the uh, website so they could learn about ByteWise, and he he got one of the letters wrong, and of course, uh, uh, you, close is good enough in horseshoes, but it's not good enough when you're dealing with computers. In fact, that was one of the first things that I learned about computers. We're going to go back to Tim and Steve now. And uh, Steve, you you did a good job with your homework assignment tonight. And so I appreciate <laughs> that. If you think of anything else you want to say, uh, I I just think it's so obvious. And talking to the the uh, people with the attorney general's office that used to come, and and I got interested in that kind of stuff because my mother, when she was alive, was the kind of sweet lady who would call, and she believed everybody in the world was honest. And if somebody called up her and and it made you know some offer or had some question, she would, you know, tell her, tell them their driver's license number and all that, that stuff. And I finally convinced her not to do that. But, but there are plenty of people who will take advantage of folks like that. So whether it comes from the, the legal people or from our IT people, i.e. you and Steve and, and Tim, a warning to just, just let that stuff alone. If you know who the message comes from, uh, you can answer it, uh, but uh, if you don't, just leave it alone. I'm I'm not that lonely yet that I just have to to, to uh, kind of open my my computer up and to people who are, are there. But Steve, if you if you think of anything else, or Tim too, if you want to say anything, question I had. You guys are IT guys, and a really good feeling that I've had in the last couple of years. I have broken arms and broken legs and had dental appointments all my life and. And I ended up having a lot of x-rays, you know, and they would have film and they would put it in a, 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 a situation where uh, they, they would shoot the x-rays and there they would be on the film. But lately, uh, and I know um, that you folks uh, work with uh, uh, medical practices and so on, I've had the benefit of uh, working. My dental hygienist, for instance, as a computer, and that's how she looks at my teeth when she's working on them. She doesn't have to wait for something to be developed. That is the kind of stuff that you folks do, and I, I guess it's a software thing. Is, is that the case? It's, it's a combination of software and hardware, um, but yes, you're right. Um, X-rays have actually converted um, from the biggest push has been, I'd say, in the past, 12 to 15 years or so, um, from it, it used to be a film, uh, an x-ray film that they put in your mouth, and they had it took them, you know, seven to ten minutes to develop that film, um, and, and then you could see the x-ray of your teeth. Uh, but now they have uh, digital radiography, um, which is they put an electronic sensor in your mouth, um, where they spin it around your head in, in the uh, in the case of a Panorex. 
Um, yeah. But it uses one-tenth of the radiation, so it's much healthier for you in the long run. Um, and uh, the, the x-ray comes up immediately. Um, it's, it's within seconds. So, you know, and, and I've seen a lot of uh, medical offices uh, that have gone from uh, taking film x-rays and having had it developed uh, to, you know, the new digital radiography on, on a larger scale, which is, you know, you get your shoulder x-rayed or, you know, you go to the emergency room and they come in with a little push-around cart and uh, take an x-ray of you in the emergency room. It, it develops immediately. They, there is no, you know, take the x-ray uh, and then take it into a dark room and put it through a bunch of chemicals to develop. Um, it's it's an instantaneous uh, digital X-ray, and it makes the world a difference in in being able to diagnose a lot of things. The the image quality is much better. Um, like I say, it, it uses a lot less um, radiation, uh, so it's it's healthier for your body in the long run, and uh, it, it's just a lot more convenient. Well, I used to be wary of that, that that radiation you're talking about because I had read one time that it may be might, might have been part in some people of what instituted uh, or whatever you call it when your lens gets clouded in your eye. Uh, I can't think of the word for it now, but anyway, I had to have my lenses replaced. You know, my human lenses. Uh, last year, I broke my leg, and I went to when I went to the doctor to have him check it out to make sure everything was all right. He sent me off to the X-ray room, and he went somewhere. And uh, they x-rayed it, and when I got back to the room, he was already there. He he had watched. He didn't have to wait to see the film. He was watching it live as mm -hmm. it took place. Uh, and that that's what made me think about this question. That, that was kind of a miracle to me, I thought. But uh, he said, you know, I said, do we have to wait? He said, no, I've, I was watching while you were being x-rayed. And, uh, and uh, he said, but the, the world of digital stuff is really, really, uh, you know, changing changing information into one form and, and then being able to run, run it through the line and turn it back into what it, uh, a picture is just a wonderful thing, I think. Uh, and uh, I was just wondering if you folks do, you know, do the thing with the interface. You, it sounds like what you were saying, Steve, that, there, that uh, it is really an interface between the old technology of the x-rays and the digital technology, but it's, it's all digital now. You, the, the sensors that are, that are there are digital. And I've had that, that thing on your head done at least once, and of course it gets all kinds of angles, you know, different angles on your teeth and and, and, and things. So. It does. They can, uh, the, the Panorex, the thing that spins around your head in the dental office, um, they, they can actually take a 3D image of a single tooth um, and, and show that up on the screen, or uh, they can... Uh, Take take a 3D image of, of a, a just a just one side of your mouth and do dental implants and it's it's amazing uh, what they're doing it in the dental offices to uh, you know help out with uh, placing implants or doing crowns and bridges and things like that uh, they they can really do a lot uh, with the 3D imaging and also with They've got these new 3D intraoral cameras that a lot of uh, orthodontists use to, uh, you know, instead of the 
the cement that they would put in your mouth and take an impression of your teeth, they can just put a camera in there and take a 3D image of your teeth and do whatever they need to do with that. Technology has come a long way, especially in the dental industry. Um, so, right now, that's it's pretty neat. I'm glad you mentioned that because that's something I had thought about too. I, I didn't have it in my notes, but uh, taking that image and and uh, not having to go through all that thing of making molds and everything and and uh, so on and and it can recreate uh, uh, the bridge that you need or the new crown or whatever uh, in the place of the the, the the tooth that was there. And uh, right in in the better. Yeah, and it went right. And in the electricity, wonderful. I mean, it's just, uh, I was watching uh, a Western the other night, and I was thinking about how when they, when they introduced electricity, it, it made it possible to transfer energy without it, the transfer being direct, you know, like uh, the, 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 the uh, stagecoach, the way they stopped it was pulling a, a lever that had a cord or a cable connected to it. And now that would be a fly-by-wire kind of thing that they would do. It would st still be a stagecoach, I guess, but they, they would be flying it by wire. Uh, you can tell I've kind of lost contact with reality there, but uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I, I just am trying to understand these things. And one of the things I do when I'm lying there while the hygienist is, is cleaning my teeth is trying to figure out all the wonderful new things that they didn't have when I started going to this practice 50 years ago. And uh, uh, it, it really is, is, is a big difference. We're talking about computers and where they fit into our lives and some of the miracles that they perform. Uh, we're talking with uh, Steve Arnold tonight, who works with ByteWise, B-Y-T-E-W-Y-Z-E, -E, and I, I, I keep repeating that because that, will, that is the gateway to, to learning what those, those, they, those folks do, and uh, they're serviceable to, uh, to folks who have computer questions and problems. And in fact, uh, they keep kind of keep me on the air, so to speak, uh, along the way, and uh, so I can recommend recommend them without reservation if they suit your purposes. We're going to take a break now. It's uh, about 9:44, and when we come back, we'll have a, a force of the program left, and we'll see if Tim Taylor or Steve Arnold has anything else that they think we should be talking about tonight. Right after this. 9:48. Thursday night with my computer guys, uh, Tim Taylor. We haven't heard much from Mr. Taylor tonight. We're going to have to see what he's been doing. He's probably been playing with his his smart device and and discovering new information at some app from somewhere. We are in different places which we did not used to be, so I can't really tell exactly what he's doing. But but uh, taking a nap. Pardon me. He's taking a nap. <laughs> Well, uh, it's, are you implying that, that what Steve and I talked about was putting you to sleep or something like that? No, I'm just implying that I'm lazy. It's been a long day. Uh, it, it, actually, it has been a long day. You and I have talked two or three times today, and, and uh, I had to, I'll just explain to our audience, it's unfair to do these inside, inside conversations, but uh, I was having trouble uh, putting some ink, an ink cartridge in my printer, and I needed some advice from from Mr. Taylor, and I needed to talk to him about something else, so I called him. And by the time uh, I actually told him, because he was out, I, I I had figured it out, but it 
he could do it in five minutes, and it took me about an hour to do it. Uh, but it, it all worked out in the end. Uh, Tim, uh, not to, to pass over Steve, but is there anything that you have on your mind tonight that you would like to talk about? Well, actually, uh, I'll share one thing that the last conversation in, in the previous segment, uh, we, we provide HIPAA services for our clients in that we monitor things to help them stay compliant with the HIPAA requirements. Um, and that's a, that's a valuable service to our clients so that they stay uh, compliant with those regulations and also so that they uh, protect the data that the patients have, the electronic medical record information that they have. Yeah, I was going to ask you, I, I, I used to have a lot of, uh, of schools about education on. This program has metamorphosized several times over the many years it's been on, and keep, we've ref, I've refocused it. But we used to have a lot of programs with educators on, and they would have, I think they're called acronyms, you know, letters, and HIPAA is one of those. And I was going to say, Tim, you're going to have to explain to me, but, but that thing has to do with privacy and, and records and so on. Yes. And, uh, there are, with these patient portal things now, more opportunities for people to lose control of their records than I think there have ever been, you know, unless somebody broke into the, the, the dentist or the doctor's office and walked away with the records. Uh, wouldn't you agree to that? Yeah. I, I would completely, um, especially in this day and age where, um, you know, it's, it's not quite there yet, um, but the... The true EMR or electronic medical record is is really just around the corner to where every single thing that you do medically can be referenced by another provider. Um, the the dental industry currently is actually trying to uh, integrate into the EMR uh, environment to where. Uh, they have access to your your medical and and uh, physical records uh, going back. Um, you know, the the thing about EMR is you can be uniquely identifiable with a single medical record. So if if somebody can identify you, let let's say you're in a car accident, um, the the EMTs, the paramedics that come to that car accident. If you're unconscious, if they can find some form of identification for you, they can pull up your medical record and they can treat you better knowing that you're allergic to morphine, you know, or that you've got a heart condition or, you know, that uh, you've got a history of this or that. And they can alter the way that they treat you on an emergent basis because they have a better handle on your, uh, your, your health history. So it, it's, it's coming to where no matter where you go, they'll have full access to all of your records. So, um, And that's a really good thing, I think. Mm -hmm. I, I'm it's glad really you're, good, but it's really scary. It, exactly. And we started talking about it from the scary end, but got into the positive end. And, and it's like most things, it has a, a plus and a minus. But I was literally thinking about this today because I have, several physicians who treat, like I have an eye doctor and I have a urologist and I, I don't mind anybody knowing this, and I have a GP. And, and sometimes I, I want to make sure that the 
neurologist and the DP know what each other is doing, if you know what I mean. I was literally thinking about that today. If, if, if they do share records, it seems like they must. I guess if anything happens to me and you two guys are around, call Rex Hospital. They know more about me than anybody does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, a couple years ago, it used to be that if you got treated by one doctor, that specialist would send a letter um, to your primary care physician. And it was up to your primary care physician to, to add that to your permanent record um, or to make note of it. Um, and, and sometimes it just never happened. So it's, it's a lot better now that, you know, these, these medical records are being, you know, fully integrated. But uh, it, it does have a specific concern about, uh, you know, privacy and, and security and stuff like that. Because you can... Well, I will, I will say... Yeah, I will say that at least my my physician, um, they stay in touch with somebody that's outside of the general practice. So if I go to, say, um, uh, physical therapy, the physical therapist will send them information. The uh, My eye doctor will send my uh, physician uh, information about that. So... At least my physician does a good job of trying to make sure that they get that kind of information so that they have it at their disposal so that they can take better care of me. And I didn't wish at all to imply that my physicians don't do this. As far as I know, they do. But it's an issue that I wanted to bring up for for the audience, and that is, as Steve has pointed out, on the the opposite side of the coin from from the benefits of having... Your records, where they can be consulted, wherever you may be. Uh, at the same time, there, there's a there is a possibility of uh, people penetrating the shield, so to speak. There and and and, right. and you, you pointed out, Steve. I think that you, not Steve, Tim, that you folks are careful in monitoring the their the HIPAA requirements and so on. And do you know what we have done? We have we have run out of another radio hour here. And so I want to thank you two guys for being with us tonight. I, I've learned a lot tonight, and I'm glad that you could come. Steve Arnold and Tim Taylor of Bytewise, B-Y-T-E-W-Y-Z-E, uh, they're IT people, and if you read their website, you'll know what they're up to. And Steve, I mean, not Steve, Tim, I may call you in a, in a few minutes, just, just for a short time. Yeah, that's fine. But in any case, Steve, thank you for being with us tonight, and Tim, too. Happy to be here.